everybody. So this is really exciting. We are here to talk about the sci-fi uh, film noir classic Blade Runner, which is getting a new uh, sequel uh, in theaters this week. And uh, my friend Patrick is here. Uh, do you want to introduce yourself? Hey, everybody. Uh, I'm Patrick. I also do movie reviews, and I'm excited to talk about Blade Runner. Yeah, so this film was, of course, directed by Ridley Scott, and it was released in 1982. Uh, it was originally not all that successful. It didn't do that great, but has definitely, I think you could safely say, has gained a cult following. Uh, it starred Harrison Ford, Rutger Hauer, Sean Young, and Edward James Olmos. And uh, it's, like I said, they are making this uh, new movie, which we will talk about also uh, sometime next week, uh, by director Denis Villeneuve. And uh, so what was your sort of overall uh, reaction to rewatching this film? Uh, you know, <laughs> rewatching Blade Runner. Uh, it, it was a mixed bag for me, to be honest. Um, I, I have grown up always hearing about Blade Runner, about... Uh, the different versions, which one you need to see. Um, Final Cut is the answer to that for everybody. Um, Don't yell at me. I don't like the narration version. That one is a little bit weird. But going into this, I mean, you expect to... You you don't know what to expect, honestly, going in. And um, I I honestly, at the beginning, did not do enough research to really understand that this is is a modern noir that that has sci-fi influences but when you break it down it's it's a film noir mm-hmm. uh, of a detective going and doing this thing with Harrison Ford um, I I think that it, it it's so respectable as a film and, and as a, as just one of those films that changes the genre like flips it on its head mm-hmm. a lot like how the Dark Knight changed superhero genre mm-hmm. and how how it it became it transcended from being just a superhero film it was something more than that and so Blade Runner did a great job of that but if I'm being completely honest with you and this is where I'm going to get attacked it's it's a little slow Um, it was hard for me to kind of work through at the beginning just because I didn't understand it but uh, once once I took the time to really like do the research uh, understand the the characters and uh, I mean it's beautiful like that's the first first thing that I'll Mm -hmm. talk about is just Mm -hmm. aesthetically it's just gorgeous yeah. I actually, we're pretty close on this, actually. I, the first time I saw it was actually last year. I do a blind spot series on my blog, and it happened to be playing in the theater. And so I picked it as one of my blind spots. So I go in and see it, and I was completely overwhelmed after the first, like, 20 minutes. I did not understand what was going on. Yeah. I didn't get it. And so I actually went into the hallway and read the Wikipedia summary, because <laughs> I don't care about spoilers. I, sure. I, I'm not somebody who cares about it's that. It's something that's been around in the eight, since the 80s. <laughs> yeah. The time for spoilers is done. Yeah. And I just, I needed some bearings. I needed some grounding. You know, it's kind of like before you see a Shakespeare movie, like you need to kind of know what you're going to see. Otherwise it's overwhelming. Yeah. And, uh, and so I kind of, I felt the same way. And after I did that, it helped me so much more to enjoy the experience. Uh, but I do agree that there are definitely patches that are very slow in this film and, uh, that aren't, uh, I don't know that, uh, that I do fall asleep. <laughs> yeah. And so I do agree. I think that it ends strong. I think that it has the strong sections, but then once again, it's getting too um, mired down in the goings on of the of that company. Mm-hmm. The kind of thing I think that's when it particularly gets kind of boring. Yeah. Uh, what, what's that? I forget what the company is called, but um. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that I think it's Taggart, uh, head of Tyrell. 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 Yeah, Tyrell. So I think that the. 
it, it has, yeah, like you said, the the uh, it looks gorgeous, and it yeah. influenced so many things from Ghost in the Shell to the Matrix to a million other things, and so that's probably its strongest feature. Um, and I do think it is pretty well cast. Uh, I think uh, that. Harrison Ford is good in it. I think that uh, Sean Young is probably my favorite in the cast. She's really good. Rucker Hauer is good. Um, <clears throat> so I thought we'd kind of talk about first, what do you think is the main message of Blade Runner? I think I think it's pure philosophical. I think it's talking about what is humanity, what is it to be human. Mm-hmm. And and that's the theme that, that, that travels hopefully over to Blade Runner 2049. Mm-hmm. It's just... The idea of what makes you a human is it is it feeling is it is it going through life in, in general it can a, mm-hmm. can something artificial be be an mm-hmm. actual like person what does that what does that even mean a lot kind of like what Ghost in the Shell explores too mm-hmm. yeah I I think that it's interesting because I, I agree that that's one of the main messages because the droids only have four years to live and they know that mm-hmm. and uh, and they are so uh, fixated and want to extend their life however they can but the humans who can live however long they want are mindlessly taking pills yeah and uh, <laughs> that you see throughout the thing and so uh, you know that we as human beings so often don't value our time and value our humanity so I think that is one of the main messages of the movie and of course you have on all of these buildings you have these women just taking pills taking pills taking pills mm. and well, so record yeah. hour with that that I mean are we okay to spoil things is this yeah is this spoiler spoiler, spoiler pack podcast. Uh, the end monologue by Rucker Hauer I mean it, it's it's so powerful and, and moving when when he's when they're on that balcony and he's just covered in the rain and, he, and he's mm. just just going 100 miles an hour with with what he's saying and it's just yeah. it's beautiful yeah yeah that was really good um, what do you think that uh, the movie is trying to say about sort of the the police state uh, where you have someone like Her- Harrison Ford like hunting people down and you know starts out with an interrogation at the beginning of the movie mm-hmm. uh, versus uh, the uh, versus like you have like corporate power you have a bunch of different kinds of power yeah. in the movie and did you get anything sort of what it might be trying to say about about that well it definitely covers class it, mm-hmm. it covers yeah. that there's different classes in in this Blade Runner world and I think it, it really brings it into perspective what we're in currently in in this world i mean it's not too far off next year is when blade runner was supposed to happen Mm -hmm. and we're getting close to ai it's already happened yeah i think i just read a story that um the first uh, robot's dna or something has been created and um every everybody from putin to bill gates are saying that this is the thing that's going to cause world war three and Mm -hmm. and when i look at blade runner and how they're able to kind of take replicants as like the minorities that that we have today Mm -hmm. and and how they're mistreated horribly mistreated Mm -hmm. and and not seen as human to to a lot of like the overarching powers for the police state Mm -hmm. it's it's fascinating and also disgusting because it's like ooh, this is this is fake but it's it's real in Mm -hmm. a lot of ways yeah, and I think that's why they use some like <coughs> mystical symbolism, like the unicorns, or like mm. the the religious symbolism, is to sort of remind people about something greater than survival. Kind of, it's, it's, it feels like it's sort of a society that's kind of 
been diluted down to that, whether it's the replicants trying to survive, whether it's, a, you know, well, everybody in the movie is just like kind of trying to survive. And you have the, the moment with uh, the, um, uh, with the Sean Young character, Rachel. Yeah. With Rachel and Deckard, where they actually have this intimate moment. And it feels like the, the one time in the movie where there's actually some hope and some humanity uh, because <clears throat> he doesn't see her that way anymore. He, yeah. he no longer sees her as a replicant, but as a person. Yeah. And when she goes, are you going to turn me in? And, and he says, no, I'm not. like at that point. Yeah. How could I, I, I know too. I, I, it's one of those, like, what's the word for it? Undeniable truths, mm-hmm. I guess that movies present to people, whether it's, if you saw moonlight last year or, mm-hmm. or, or, or uh, films that explore, more of the obscurity of life and, and what people don't understand. Mm-hmm. Once you once you can see that and you see see the humanity in it, it, you can't deny it anymore. Yeah, it's just it's become part of you. Yeah, well, and I think also like it says something to the effect of like, um, I don't know that the the importance of sort of memories and how like they try to keep the androids from like having memories from like. And, and how that's also part of us sort of being human yeah. is like we're not just acting on instinct we're not just acting we're not just doing what we're told we we build and we grow and uh, we have these memories that are really important to yeah. us and uh, so yeah I think that there's there are a lot of layers to this movie and uh, there are it, it does to obviously talk about artificial intelligence too and do you think we're going to get overrun by artificial intelligence? <laughs> like, just to keep it real here, are yeah, we, are right, we doomed? Right, right. Is this happening? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, the, that's the right answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, if you pay attention to, like, Ex Machina, and mm-hmm. <laughs> there's, uh, it, it could get dicey. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. But, yeah, I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how... Uh, as we become certainly we become maybe not artificial intelligence but we've we've gotten a lot of our humanity now from technology yeah we've gotten at least there that like if i'm feeling sad on a typical day i don't go over to my neighbor and say how are you doing uh, and talk and feel good i i you know i go on facebook and mm-hmm. talk to people or or go on my blog or whatever and uh, so it's it's kind of interesting that way and, and that's one thing i really loved about um ingrid goes west this movie this year because it, it's all about kind of the loneliness of modern life yeah and and that's you can definitely feel that in this movie that uh, that everybody is very lonely every character until you have this one intimate moment between these two characters and uh and so i think that we've at least gone that far yeah yeah <laughs> uh, so there you go so do you think that deckard is a replicant and do you think that he is a hero you know i've seen a lot of debate about this clearly whether he's a replicant or not mm-hmm. and i think it, a it depends on the version that you're watching because mm-hmm. one, they one they make it a little bit more ambiguous. The other, they're very clearly saying he's human, in right. my opinion. Um, I think, for me, I'll defer to, to Harrison Ford whenever he's asked. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Like That's that's the point of, of mm-hmm. the movie is... If they, in 2049, I feel like uh, they will have to explain, because the replicants yeah. can only live for four years. And if it's 2049... How is he still alive? How is he still alive? If he is a replicant. If he is a replicant. So that will be what do you think? interesting. I never thought that he was, but then everybody else seems so sure of the fact that he is. So I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it's it's uh, 
it, I don't think it's it's clear one way or another, which is kind of fun. So, uh, do you? How do you think the film can uh, film noir? They use film noir to create tone and mood. Yeah, in the movie. Uh, how do, you, do you think they're successful with that? Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's what makes this such a classic. Is is yeah. people go to this and they say this is this is noir in a whole new realm that we've never seen before, and, mm-hmm. and it's done so well that that you can go back to it over and over. And Harrison Ford plays such a good uh, like kind of outside the law. And kind of to answer your question just before, yeah. um, I think he's an antihero mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. I don't, I don't think he's he's clearly on one side or the other. He's he's forced to come in to to do this because the police basically like just take him take him and drag him over and i i don't think a good guy would would feel like he'd have to be forced into a situation like that yeah the further he goes into this you can tell that he's conflicted and that there's so much gray in this in this investigation that he's looking into that i think that he's more of an anti-hero yeah i agree i agree yeah um what do you think about this movie has made it have such a following and be so last so long that I don't know. I think <laughs> yeah. uh, that not to sound crazy, but I I think mainly it's it's probably what the impact had on on that time period. Like it, it's kind of like asking why Star Wars it, it, it still travels so far because when it was done the first time, nobody had done it before, mm-hmm. and so and so it, it set the gold standard for for how to do films like this. And it's been copied over and over, Blade Runner. Like, you, Ghost in the Shell, the Scarlett Johansson remake. It was Ghost in the Shell, but they very clearly wanted to make a Blade Runner-esque mm-hmm. version of Ghost in the Shell. Yeah. Which you can also say, I don't know which came out first, but I, I'm pretty sure Blade Runner came out before Ghost in the Shell did. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. And, and that even has a little bit of influence. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, definitely. The Matrix, like I said. Yeah, bunch The Matrix, of other, other films. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think with Star Wars, it, it connected with children so much, so you can see why it had such a legacy yeah. uh, when anything connects with children. Uh, but um, I think with this, I think people like something sometimes that they have to work a little bit harder. Uh, that True. there's a certain appeal to that that like uh, that that people get sort of tired of easily digestible uh, in uh, uh, my mom used to always say to me say to me I don't want you to mindlessly consume entertainment <laughs> I want you to yeah. think about it I want you to think about what they're saying I want you to think about what the message is all that kind of stuff and I I, I think that 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 is sort of some of its appeals that it's maybe that it is a little bit harder that it is a little bit difficult at certain points mm-hmm. and uh, and also I think I do think kind of this continual editing and continual changing continual kind of has sort of kept it kept people sort of oh, I gotta watch this version and yeah. see and and uh and, and you can kind of talk about it and what do we think and uh, it, it's not a movie that gives a ton of answers too so it's one that you can kind of develop your own theories on you can kind of have your own ideas on and I think people really like that another, another similarity between this and Star Wars they keep doing different versions yeah. of the same thing but I guess in this case it's getting better when George Lucas yeah. when he would do the specials they just kind of uh. yeah exactly <laughs> no yeah have random Jabba show up Right, exactly. So, yeah, I, that's basically most of my questions. Mm-hmm. So, uh, if you were to give this like between one and ten, what would you give it? What you would know, you rank it? I, I I feel like it's got to be ranked high first of all, just because even though it's something that me personally I felt was a little bit slower to catch up to, 
I don't think that should be counted to like the quality of film mm-hmm. that I see. So, you know, if it were up to me, I would probably give it about an 8.5 out of 10. I don't think that it's, for me personally, has hit that high mark of being a, a classic 10. Yeah. Everyone can see it. But it's definitely one of those films where I respect the crap out of, out of the, the, the philosophical ideas that it presents to to even the the set design mm-hmm. the miniatures design that it's just so gorgeous looking yeah and you gotta love Harrison Ford yeah like, anything that man is in like come on and I really do like Sean Young in this I think that she uh, there's a vulnerability to her yeah there's a she's really good um I would probably give it like an eight yeah out of ten so close uh, to what you would give it because uh, it is. I, I fall asleep every single time I watched it, and that, so you got to dock it a little bit for that. Yep. But uh, but yeah, it's it's a movie that you can keep going back to and keep uh, wondering. So, what do you think? What do you feel like the new film kind of has to do to uh, to uh, I don't know to work in your opinion? Uh, you know, well let me let me just make a quick disclaimer. Film is subjective, people. <laughs> yeah. Your your opinion on this does not have to be the same as us. So. Right. We give it eight point five. You can give it a ten. You can give it a two. Whatever you want. It's your it's your opinion. You sure. know, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. I need I need first of all to just watch it and and like yeah. be enveloped. I hear I hear it's a huge scaled movie. Like it, it's something that to, you have to experience in a theater. I'm personally wanting to go see it in IMAX. I don't know if you're planning on doing that. Um, you know, I can't. I, I'm seeing a marathon, and I can't remember if it was IMAX or not. Yours, but, you're, yours is at Regal, right? Yeah. Oh, got you. They might have one. Yeah. I, I've I've never been to that theater. It's my first time. So I, I need them Regal. to keep the I need them to keep the tone. First yeah. of all, the tone's got to stay the same, but it's got to be a different story set in the same universe. Mm-hmm. Like it can't be something where they're going to completely derail from what. The original was one is, and I, I love um, what Denis Villeneuve said when he was at Comic Con, and the first question somebody had is, "Is why why do you think that why did you think that you were the one that needed to take on this project?" Mm-hmm. And I, I, Denise, can I, sw- can I swear yeah, in this? Yeah. Is that a thing? It's okay. As he straight up was like, "Look, I wanted to do this because I didn't want anybody else to fuck it up." Yeah, like that's that's the main reason. And he, everybody's just like, "Yeah!" Just started cheering <laughs> for it, and that confidence, like that level of like, yeah, self esteem for that. I mean. I gotta, I gotta give him credit, and he's never made a bad film, like you said, like Arrival, Prisoners, Sicario, um, Enemy, yeah, a, a little bit more obscure one. He's yeah. he's done no wrong so right. far. Yeah, I I think for me, I hope that uh, it, it has all that atmosphere, and it has. I, I am sure that Ryan Gosling will be good. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that Harrison Ford will be good. He's kind of going on his greatest hits cycle, you know, like he's going back to all his. That was hits. the other thing at Comic Con. <laughs> Did you hear that when? Uh, Somebody, somebody raised their hand and said, uh, "This is for Harrison. Is your goal now to remake every single character that you've already done?" And he leaned in and he's like, "You bet your ass that is." <laughs> like, like, he's like, "Yeah, we got a problem with that." I'm Harrison Ford. What do you want? We're gonna get. He's gonna be president again before we're gonna get the. Oh, I want that. I want that so bad now. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so uh, I, I think uh, I, I, my biggest, I guess, worry because one of the things the original does well. Is it keeps the side characters to a minimum so they don't get annoying. Yeah. Like, I'm never annoyed at Rucker Howe. I'm never annoyed at the Tyrell people. I'm never annoyed. And Edgar James almost. I'm not annoyed at their characters. And I think that Jared Leto has a high annoyance threshold for me. And so... <laughs> he can get there. Yeah. I mean, he's not, he's not sending dead pigs to the cast or anything. Right. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, characters like that, they need to... 
keep it in in check. Mm. Keep it in check for me. Like that will be a big determinant, I think. And and hopefully they they work on the pacing just a little bit. That would be yeah. nice. That'd no, be that's so, fair. I, I could totally see myself liking this better than the original. I it, have a feeling I will. Yeah, I could totally see that happening. Uh, and um, but you know, we'll just have to see. Uh, it's going to be interesting to go from scene one to seeing the other in like this marathon. Yeah. <laughs> I, I bet it's going to be really fun. I'm yeah. excited for you. That's going to be yeah, cool. Yeah, it's going to be cool. And I'm going with my friend, and I told her she just has to elbow me. If I can. <laughs> <laughs> Wake up. <laughs> Take some caffeine or something. But, uh, but yeah, so it's a it's a really it's a really seminal movie. It's definitely one of those ones that everybody should see. Kind of like your Citizen Kane, you know, your your movies that you should you should it's see to understand lives. film and understand uh, what has made so many things happen. Yeah, yeah. It's a Wonderful Life. Um, there's just those sort of iconic films that even if you don't like it you should still see it mm. uh, and check it off your list like the godfather you should see the godfather that kind yeah. of thing so all right well uh where can people find you uh, you can find me on youtube just uh, search patrick reviews that should be the first thing to come up uh there's also a little kid that does something and his name is patrick reviews don't don't even watch that kid you watch my channel subscribe um i also do a podcast the nat pat podcast me and my wife uh you can find us on itunes on that and uh yeah patrick Beatty reviews on facebook awesome i'll have links to all of that in the description section so you can check it out and uh, don't forget to subscribe to rachel's reviews on itunes and put your comments uh your your ratings and reviews in there that would be really helpful and uh yeah i look forward to posting my review on thursday so look forward to that and uh thanks so much for joining me bye